0: Hello everyone, I'm Mark Thompson, and welcome back to the Chief Executive Podcast. Every week we talk to CEOs about their journey, what made it special for them to find their way and stumble through to lead organizations that are changing the world. Today's episode is with two-time Olympic medalist and NBA championship player, Pau Gasol, who became a friend and neighbor for a couple of years in Silicon Valley, and who just, has returned to Spain now, where I met him in Barcelona, to talk about his journey of almost 20 years in the NBA, starting with the Memphis Grizzlies and later joining the LA Lakers that won back-to-back NBA championships in 2009 and 2010. He's a six-time NBA All-Star, as well as the first foreign player to be an NBA Rookie of the Year. Powell is also a passionate man, one who has created a philanthropic organization, the Gazal Foundation, that he founded with his brother Mark to work to reduce obesity rates for kids in Spain and now in the United States. I sat down with Powell at his home in Woodside when we were living here in Silicon Valley to talk about his incredible career and how he is really prepared for what's next in the world and how to pay it forward for everyone he touches. When you think about the goals that you've set, you've achieved so much uh, spending time both in the forums of the world, like the Olympics, as well as being a professional player. When you think about the setbacks that you inevitably have throughout a game in real time on the court, could you talk a little bit about how you address that? Because there's a lot of discussion about grit and persistence and consistency. And one of the things that always inspires me about people who do what you do, is that you have to stay in the game once you're in the game, even when you mess up. Could you talk a little bit about how you address that for yourself and your teammates? Yeah. Well, well,
1: it's all about preparation. It all comes from the daily practice uh, that you put in, all the work that you have put in before that moment uh, that prepares you to be able to deal with those struggles, those mistakes, those uh, um whatever happens or comes up during a game um, that, that you have prepared for. And, and, and if you are in better shape, uh, you can be mentally uh, fresher uh, because you're not um, fatigued, let's say, and, and you feel like strong and you can make quicker decisions and smarter and sharper decisions in the, during those times. If you have done the work as far as working on, on, on your shots and your positioning on the game plan – uh, then that puts you ahead uh, of the competition and better equipped in order to make uh, better decisions uh, during game time. Um, and then also the fact that you can visualize, you can visualize um, mm. situations. Uh, hey, I've been here, I've done this, I got this uh, kind of thing. And and also understand that sports, it's, it's a game, it's an activity where mistakes happen right uh mistakes that you can make uh, but also your teammates can make the referees and officials can make uh, mistakes that's that they're they're out of your control but how you react to them that's what's up to you so you have to be all those factors uh play a big role and you can prepare for them before you actually in the game Uh, and then once you're in the game you just stay poised you stay locked in you stay in the zone uh in order to navigate those those pressures, those those stress levels and and to to really act with conviction and confidence. Yeah, and you always learn. You always learn because you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes and you and you're not always gonna win no matter how good you are because the competition is also talented and they also want to win uh so to 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 constantly have that mindset of learning understanding you're going to make mistakes but don't dwell on the mistakes move on to the next play you know the next play mentality is very important in any sport especially like high-paced sports where you have to let no matter what happened in the play before good or bad you got to let it go you got to focus on the next one so that's also a very important factor as far as not getting down on yourself or, mm. you know, or, compounding mistakes. Uh, it's just really right. let go um, in the moment in order to move on to the next play and give it your best um, on your next shot. And hey, I'm I'm making my next shot. You know, I'm I'm not going to turn this ball over. I'm not going to let this guy go around me this time. I know what he's going to do because I prepared for it.
0: You know, I'm so shocked at hearing how often it is such a challenge to think about how we can. Uh, move from shot to shot without being encumbered, but just being informed by what we learned from the last mistake or the last move or the last tactical play of our competitors or our teammates. Uh, this whole idea that came up in our weekly sessions, surprisingly, with our high achievers that you and I participated in, where people were talking about how it's hard not to take the last meeting into the next meeting. Uh, it's hard for most of us not to take that last shot missed into the next shot attempted and, and really be present for that moment. And you're really emphasizing that that's, you're working in real time here. You, you don't have time really to lament the loss, only to learn from it.
1: Exactly, no, and, and it's not something that is gonna happen for you every time, all the time. You're gonna go through ups and downs. Um, we are humans and we have other things in our lives that affect us. Um, yeah. good and bad. So when we have a lot of noise, a lot of adversity outside of our jobs, that will affect our, our ability to to be able to bounce back and stay focused and stay in the zone or be distracted or be upset.
0: It's a huge insight. I feel very deeply touched by the fact that when you're in a leadership role, and you often are as a person like yourself who's been so successful as an athlete professionally, you have a lot of influence on people. And that's true for the leaders of organizations, the great entrepreneurs and the big companies, as you mentioned. And what you know, one of the epiphanies that we had when we were getting together on those weekly sessions was this idea that you might have just come from a funeral and then you're going to a wedding. And we don't want to bring the funeral to the wedding. Uh, this meeting, this interaction that we're having with the people we're working with, our teammates, may be the very most important meeting of their day. And if I bring everything from the last meeting there that may be less than optimal or not focused on what I, what our task is as a team to do together right now, then I'm, I'm part of the baggage. Uh, I need to bring that present moment to each and every moment that I'm playing. And, I, and that's what's so impressive about you talking about being able to make the next shot after the last one or the last play surprised you or, or, or didn't work out. This idea of being persistent and, and, and consistent and having the grit to do that and think about how you integrate all the learnings into the gameplay over time is one dimension that is, I think, the playbook for all the most successful, successful high achievers. When did you decide to, to give up on a strategy? or make a pivot or a change? Uh, it's another way of thinking about this, but we all talk about never giving up, but sometimes there are some things that we do have to give up. How do, how do you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, well, again, you gotta understand what, what works and what doesn't. You know, is this working for me? Is this working for the team or is, is it not? And I think it's it's very important to to know when to pivot and when to change strategy when to adapt uh for usually that comes from the coaches on on a team dynamic and to try things out hey this isn't working this lineup isn't working this style of play isn't working we should tweak here we should change here we should go bigger we should go smaller um and kind of change and play with with lineups but in sports it's kind of easier to do because. We have wins and losses and uh, you, you're winning or are you losing so if you accumulate enough losses you know something is not working well and you need to you need to try things out and you need to change and you have a conversation uh usually it's good to have an open conversation with with the team with the players mm. so, hey right let's, let's let's just put let's just pick our minds see see what's going on and come to a common solution so everybody buys mm. in it's very important for Team members, players, to buy in because everyone will have to fulfill. Will have to fulfill their role in order for for things to work out. If if even if a coach thinks this is the best strategy in the world, but the players don't see it, don't believe in it, it's not going to work. Uh, so you mm-hmm. have to be right. involved and convince the players that that's the best course of action. And that for players, that most of the players will have to sacrifice a little bit of their ego. At the end of the day, it's all about making, uh, understand everyone that, uh, their sacrifice is worth it. If the team wins, everybody wins and everybody gets paid. Uh, so mm-hmm. even if you have a small role or even if you don't play much at all in a championship team, you're going to get opportunities just because you've been a part of a championship team and you're a champion, you know, and, and you never know when your number is going to be called. So you have to be, you have to stay ready and you, and you have to make sure, Hey, if my job is to make sure that, uh, Mark Thompson goes out there and is at his best, and um, I'm going to make sure that I challenge Mark during practice, and I'm going to do my part make, making sure that Mark is ready. And if something might happen to
0: Mark, I'll be ready. This is got to be a huge challenge for any all-star team, for sure, any group of people who have been recruited to be the best talent in the world, and yet bring with that not only wonderful experience and exceptional creativity, it also brings with it a, a very high concept of, of what we believe works for us. And we see this in all organizations. We work our best to bring the best people together. And then if unless we get that buy-in, we're not utilizing it. You know, we're, we're investing uh, in, in a, the best of the best. And now we need to listen to all voices and then somehow also get all voices to come together so that it's a great team or a great symphony. Is there any particular learning that you had that you wished you knew in the in the earlier days about that about how to get kind of those big people big larger than life personalities to share the ideas but then agree and and, and proceed often under I guess the direction of a coach right we we all have to yeah. fall in line eventually
1: yes well i mean as as you're younger you're you're less mature you're less experienced so you have to it's important for you to listen to the veterans and to the coaches and let them kind of tell you what the path to follow is. And um, the better quality of those people, um, probably better results you'll, you'll achieve. But um, to me, I've, it's been a learning curve, just like everything else. Uh, I've been trying to absorb as much as I could from every coach. Uh, from every teammate, from every situation, try to learn from it so I can apply it wherever wherever I went next. Uh, and that's what I'm, you know, what going forward, what I look forward to do is kind of uh, utilizing all the experience that I've accumulated uh, uh, throughout my NBA career, through my uh, playing time with my national team, all those international championships, uh, four all right. Olympic games. Um, into you know helping other people within their journeys and within um, their lives and organizations to achieve uh, great goals and to achieve significance uh, and and live uh, as as a fulfilled life as they can possibly uh, live. So um, so that's that's what excites me because uh, sports mm-hmm. has been such a huge teacher and educator uh, for me. Has given me so much. Uh, and I want to make sure that I give it back. And, and I'll always be in, in some shape or form um, affiliated with sports and uh, probably many in different capacities um, because I've seen and I experienced first person uh, the benefits of it and how, how much good does it do and, and, and the incredible values and qualities that you can learn uh, and apply in other fields of your life
0: those values that you share power are inspiring to me and I, and I love how you've decided when you consider what's next. You've been building that for some time that has been a metho- a real method to your creativity around paying it forward. Could you talk a little bit about how you've decided what's next? You've touched on the real core set of values that are driving the lessons that you feel that you can pay forward. How have you been thinking about the rest of that portfolio of passions that that you now have the privilege to pursue?
1: Well, you know, it comes to comes down to awareness and and realizing that um, as fun and as exciting as as a professional sports career is and can be, it's very short and limited within your lifespan. I've been so lucky and blessed to be able to play basketball at the highest level for so long. Uh, And that has just provided me with opportunities and a platform uh, to achieve bigger and better things. Um, So, and also understanding that uh, the hard numbers, uh, devastating numbers, and most athletes after a few years after retirement, they... You know, they uh, they struggle with depression, they struggle with bankruptcy, they struggle with so much hardship after having experienced such an incredible opportunity to accumulate wealth and to live a more than comfortable life for them and yeah. their family uh, going right. forward. And that's not the case in the majority of the times, unfortunately. So... So how can we change that? Um, you know, not just for me, but for others as well. You know, I, I like to see those numbers really go down and I like to see my peers really taking advantage of, of opportunity that they have, uh, having a bigger picture and being prepared and educated for what's next, uh, because it's gonna come sooner or later. Uh, uh, for, for some guys, it's gonna come really soon. And you don't know because you're very young and you think you live forever and you think you'll play forever and you don't see the end of the tunnel, but it, it's, it, it comes for everyone. Uh, I've been so fortunate, again, to do it for so long. Um, so I had a little more time to kind of get myself there. Um, but, you know, I've been working on it for years, developing relationships, understanding what I want to do. Going forward, uh, exploring opportunities, mm, talking to different people that are smarter than me, have more experience than me, uh, that can help me as, as 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 yourself in the group that we are a part of, the LPR fifty mm. group. And, uh, just 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 asking, talking, questions asking questions, having conversations, investing in that. Um, and really, creating connections and and um, and really following my my passions and what I want to do going forward. And as, as I said earlier, you know, being part of the sports world is so important to me. So I, uh, I'm a candidate for the Athletes Commission of the IOC, and I want to be part of the growth of the Olympic movement. Uh, I created with my brother Mark, we created our own foundation, the Gasol Foundation, to to help uh, children and live healthier lives uh, and fight the, pa- the childhood obesity pandemic. And, and that's been a great, great uh, journey so far. It's seven years since we founded it. Um, mm. I want to continue to be be a difference maker and, uh, and maximize my time on earth um, as much as I can. Uh, obviously provide for my family, but impact others, inspire others to to try to do the same in their own way. It's not going to be my way. I just, they have to. They have to find their way and and how uh, and how to apply it and how to experience it. But but just just go out there and prepare, learn, educate yourself, connect with people, um, and build those relationships. I think that's very important in a very selfless way. Uh, in a very hey, I'm I'm here for you, and and it's because when you're an athlete. You know people want to get close to you you're kind of attractive uh, uh it's cool uh, you get and you also have a responsibility you know because a, a lot of kids want to be like you you're you become a role model a role model whether you want it or not um so you're affecting people's lives without even knowing it uh and how you portray uh, or and in, and in, in how you behave it, it has a, a impact so you know, why not explore the level of impact that you can have uh, and, and you want to have? I think that's, that's important to realize.
0: The best way then to build a community or a, a, a team that's supporting your efforts in what's next, in other words, a, a group you can trust, is to yes. curate that through the organizations that you want to be thinking about being affiliated with and, in a sense, assessing whether they're actually serving those objectives, like you did as you built your foundation and with UNICEF. Uh, you were able to curate that, I guess, to find the, the folks that you could trust the most. Because that ends up being a real challenge for people. As, uh, there are always uh, a group of people who have an agenda around people who are celebrities. It's certainly true in, in my world of, of CEOs. Uh, your jokes are funnier. Uh, your your getting a lot more interest uh, in all aspects of your life and, and trying to find that short list of people you can trust ends up being very critical. Uh, when you talk about the the process of getting input and getting coached, how do you think we should be all thinking about getting coaching? It's something that is actually rather new and nascent in business organizations. And yet I haven't met an Olympian or a professional athlete who wouldn't have several coaches uh, in their life. What, what would you give as an advice to executives who might feel that the, the reason they're being asked to get a coach is because they have to be fixed?
1: <laughs> well, without, what I would say it's you know, there's so much knowledge out there and you can always get better. You know, and I think it never hurts to get a different perspective. Uh, so if you find someone that could help you be better, talk, get through, and work out through the challenges uh, that you might go be going through, and, and not have to do it alone, and provide some guidance and knowledge, uh, because maybe they've been there themselves, or or they have the knowledge that they have worked with other executives and people that have gone through those challenges, and they mm-hmm. can provide you with um, you know with wisdom. In uh, and perspective hey why why not give it a shot what do you have to lose but but you know just have that desire of of learning um and and pursue of knowledge and that's why i feel coaching and it's so hard is i think one of the things that as as smart as some of the co- uh, coaches and coachees are and i think a great example is like We're not that disciplined ourselves. We can't do it on our own. We need someone to help us along the way. That's why teams have coaches. You know, because players, as good as and as
0: talented as they are, they cannot do it on their own. That's wonderful. Do you remember a time that you felt you got that extra shove to do the pay it forward work around the foundation? You said you grew up thinking, you know, you might be a doctor or you might be an athlete. And and in the with the lights brightly shining on you, building your capacity as an athlete and your career, you still came to the conclusion, which is so hard for people to carve out that time to to think about the future or think about that there might be other opportunities that make even a, a bigger impact on the world than what I'm doing right now. Was there a moment that you came to that or was there something that happened or was it uh, something that was incubated for a long time before you started to invest in these new... Areas of interest?
1: Well, it, it was something that happened over time throughout my, my work with UNICEF and working with such a huge organization in the UN. Um, because, as, as, uh, as wide and as strong and powerful as it is, it also has its limitations as far as how much you can do. Uh, because of different, you know, policies and restrictions that the UN has to live by, uh, mm. and protocols. So, so hey, I said, "Hey, I want to do something that I have a little more autonomy and liberty to implement exactly what I want to implement." Um, and, and then I wanted to do, I wanted to do something with my brother. So I didn't. It wasn't. I didn't want to make it about me, but I wanted to make it about our family uh, and beyond, uh, which I'm trying to build an ambassador program with athletes that are ambassadors of our. A foundation, and they can be involved in the programs in their communities, uh, and they can take ownership uh, of uh, empowering and embracing our programs, helping their the children in their communities. So again, this is a, this is you build something that is beyond you, right? And that's what I wanted yeah. to do. And then the fact also that made me want to start our foundation and, and focus on childhood obesity was that I first heard of around 2012, 13. Uh, 2012, I think it was, that uh, children, for the first time in history, were going to live shorter than their parents. Their life expectancy was going to be shorter. And why why was that? Why would that happen? Because of our habits, because of our health. The habits Mm. of our children today are worse than they were before. The environment has worsened in order of the effect that it has on our health and our life uh, length. So we got to change this. We gotta do something about this, and that's that's when that's when it kind of triggered me to to uh, to put it together and uh, and to start it off.
0: Thanks for listening to the Chief Executive Podcast. I'm Mark Thompson, and please don't forget to like and subscribe for more episodes every week.